Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. We're going to talk a little bit about Black Lives Matter and and the demands that they're making. Um, You know, they're not speaking out on this latest shooting, but they did come out this morning and, you know, slamming the Pride event for going back on its promise to ban police floats and police from being part of that huge parade. Uh, You'll recall over the weekend that the group protested uh, the Pride parade, stopped it for about 30 uh, minutes with a sit-in. And the Pride organizers, for whatever reason, just said, fine, fine, here, we're going to sign this thing. But apparently they did that just to keep the parade moving, and now they've backed off. So the the group is all uh, angered. But the group went further, attacking the mayor, Mayor John Tory. Tory came out yesterday in support of police, saying that he could not support an event that big without having police involvement. We are talking about a million people from all over the world that go to this event. Can you imagine it not being protected by the police or having any police involvement at all and then the mayor endorsing that? I mean, that is just reckless. No mayor in their right mind is going to support a group like that. Well, Black Lives Matters didn't really like that. They didn't see it from his point of view. And, and here's what they told the mayor today. I want to make it very clear to Mayor Tory that he has no place in this discussion and he needs to stay in his lane. I want to make it very clear uh, to Mayor Tory that we are not interested in politicking back and forth no, with them. We are not interested in going back and forth with no, them as we've done this year. Exactly. We are not interested in his sound bites. We are not interested uh, in his vapid interest in this community. We want to make it very clear to Mayor Tory. I want to make it very clear mm-hmm. to Mayor Tory that this uh, is an issue between the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. This is an issue between the LGBT community, uh, the black community uh, in Pride Toronto and the community at large. This is a conversation that has existed before he took office Mm -hmm. and will continue after he takes office. Uh, And this is a conversation that warrants real, uh, real community investment, uh, that warrants real discussion, that warrants real uh, hurtful, uh, painful, um, uh, sad uh, uh, revelations uh, and that politicking and his interventions have no place in that. Hmm. Yeah, so not political? Give me a break. This is all political. The group has, has valid issues on some things. But Black Lives Matter, if you listen to their rhetoric, they make, they make Toronto sound like it is rife with black killings by police. You know, that Canadian cops en masse are hunting and killing black people. It's just simply not true. I've covered news for 20 years Maybe I've missed all these stories, but I don't think so. So it's just simply not true. We are nothing like the United States. We just don't have those issues in this country. We have issues, yes, but not those issues. Black Lives Matter never mentions the violence in their own communities. They never question it. They never challenge that. And until they do, I'm not sure they'll be taken seriously. Let's bring in Joe Warming to this conversation. Hello there, Joe. Yeah, how you doing? It's uh, incredible clips that you're playing there. Isn't it? I mean, look, th- th- this is a big issue. It's not just a Toronto issue. This becomes a Canadian issue because all cops are being judged like this. And so where am I wrong in my preamble? Interesting that the uh, person that was speaking there was saying that John Tory has no place in this, uh, even though he's elected and represents the city. And you know, I wonder about who elected or appointed this group to decide that 
you know, the mayor or the chief of police or people like that are, are not a part of the process. So, you know, again, we in the media, you know this as well, we get suckered in by some of these things. I think that the, this group was what, much more effective when they were mysterious. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, but they have been, I think, emboldened uh, over the last uh, few months because politicians, including the Premier uh, and John Tory, have both kind of bent to the demands and said, yes, yes, we'll meet with you just to quell the situation. But in doing so, it, it enables this bad behavior. And what I think is very divisive, I mean, they they can say some very, very, uh, you know, racist things. Uh, and whether you I didn't agree- hear any of the grievances. And what they are, you know, what they are, so that we could actually analyze it. Because if they were to bring out specifics about what their concerns are, then maybe we could look at them and see what they're they're talking about. But what I really hear is a lot of hate coming the other direction towards the police and towards the political process. And so, you know what I mean? I'm sure they're nice people, and I bet you they have some legitimate concerns. To, so do all our listeners here. Uh, you know, there's a way to go about things, and. They're clearly not doing it, although they do control the agenda. They did knock the prime minister off the front page. So in a way, the joke is on us. Well, yeah, and so the media obviously going to these things. I mean, where's the pushback on this? They, they say things, you know, like uh, the police have consistently targeted them. I mean, they don't mention uh, the black crime within those communities where blacks target each other and, and make it unsafe for everyone in their community. It makes uh, it hard, too. You know, it makes it hard for people like you and I, Alex, who are longtime reporters in this city and have been to many, many not just shooting scenes, but funerals and vigils and all these kinds of things. And we can, you know, we can name some of the victims and we do that and we get to know their families and we keep fighting for justice for them. This group doesn't mention the victims ever. Uh, they never go to anywhere near a crime scene. And so they have no credibility with me. I mean, look at, uh, if they want to help, uh, we'll, you know, we'll help them, uh, try to catch the killers and the bad people uh, that are killing people of all colors and races and religions, but largely uh, a black uh, crowd. You know, a lot of people uh, have died with black skin, and it's not right, and it upsets us, and uh, you know, we've got to do what we got to do to try to, to make it safer for everybody. Indeed. I mean, the issues that I think that they have some valid points on uh, are the carding, you know, is the carding issue, which uh, affects all communities across the country, but... Uh, I still think there is a place for it. I, I don't think it is widely um, abused. There's certainly issues in it, but but that has since been changed. And I don't think we'll know for some time whether or not there have been, you know, any uh, repercussions for that. I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But certainly uh, when it comes to the issues that we're talking about, you know, we've got these two shootings that have happened in the last couple of days in the United States. There's no question that the issues facing the United States versus the issues facing Canadians just isn't the same when it comes to these groups. No, it isn't. And, you know, you and I go back to the G20 where we were both very critical of the police and it wasn't easy to do that uh, at the time. Uh, but it was the right thing to do, and ultimately that's the way it uh, came across And you know, when they did the report, so I think everybody agrees with that now. And there was a way to go about that, and that's the way we chose to do it, which was to go for the side of the truth. The truth always comes out in these cases in the U.S. You know, we'll find out whether those were appropriate shootings or not. Uh, obviously, there's nuance to both of them, but I'll just say this, and to your point, 
in both cases, from what I've read and what I've seen on you know the media, uh, there was a gun involved in both of those American shootings, where the person that was shot each time had a gun. That is not the case in many of the cases here. So that is one fundamental difference in many cases here in Canada. Yeah, and I tend to agree with you, and I'd love to hear your uh, perspective on that. Get involved in the show. You can just call us at 9056-453-221 or on your cell, star 9900. We're talking to Joe Warmington, who uh, has covered these issues for a very, very long time, and, and you tend to be very, very vocal on these issues. Uh, one way or another, you, you tend to get your, your view heard. Where do you see this thing going? Because there's no question that, that the recent shootings in the U.S. are going to, once again, uh, create a more racial divide. It's going to create a lot of attention. I would not be surprised at all. We've already seen some protests crop up. But how do you see this thing moving forward? You have to sit down and negotiate and accept your position in it so that you move forward together. And so as long as you're divided, then you're going to keep uh, going divided. And I think that a lot of times some of these groups, I'm not saying these ones necessarily, but you can do your own math on it. They like the division and divisiveness because that keeps everybody, you know, uh, where they want them. You know, even Canada and the country, the United States, I mean, ultimately you have to agree and say, okay, well, we'll give you this and we'll take that and we move forward, you give and take. And we're not seeing that in these communities, uh, these fights, things like that. Police are bad, government is bad. You know, when George Bush was in power, there was this big split, he's bad. This, they say the same thing about President Obama and uh, Donald Trump and, and Hillary Clinton. So when you've got a split country, you're not going to be moving forward together. So I think that ultimately there will be an event uh, that will galvanize people and majority rules and... Uh, you know, uh, the other thing, too, is uh, not to keep going, but I think that, you know, we've got to look at the reality of where is this crime happening? Why is it happening? You know, if there's poverty, why is there poverty? Instead of uh, always just kind of politically correct looking at it, look at it for what it is. I, I don't really think I am outspoken. I'm much the same as you. It's just that I get asked the question, and I try to answer it. And sometimes the truth is blasphemy to people. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've heard from several people in the black community themselves who have said this group does not represent me. And uh, in fact, I think they're they're doing uh, more damage than they are helping because it is just so divisive. But there's no question, Joe, they are effective in the sense that we get uh, they get the conversation going. They are in the headlines right now. But I don't know if you'll agree with me, but for long term, if they want their movement to have any success, this notion of saying it's not political is just absolute nonsense. It is political. The way they are going to make change is by talking to politicians and meeting with politicians instead of blowing them off and demanding things. You can't look at people by their skin color or their religion and get anything solved because once you do that, then it's divided. So you have to look at people as human beings. That's how we try to approach things when we go to cover a crime, have an open mind or cover a story, any story. And of course, you upset people when you do that because sometimes, you know, in the case of Meritori, sometimes he's mad at us, sometimes he appreciates what we do. But ultimately, we're part of the community and we have a role to play, and so does everybody else. So, you know, you see people that are saying the police are racist or, as you just described there, that things can't be solved. The, the appropriate way, and we're going to do it in kind of a 
combative and anarchist kind of way, uh, that's never going to apply. And, uh, you know, most of the people that are listening now are going about their lives. They're all colors, all races, all ages. You know, their uh, sexual orientation is, is, is what it is. And there's no trouble. I mean, we get along pretty good here. And some people don't like it. They don't like anyone to get along. And uh, I think that that's some of these people that you're seeing. And uh, now that's not to take anything away from, you know, the case of Sammy Yatim or some of the other incidences. Uh, obviously, this case with Andrew Loku, mm-hmm. uh, the mentally ill situation with the hammer in the, uh, you know, the shooting. We should look at them. And if there are something, if there is something wrong with how the police handle it, we're, you know, people like you and I will bring it out and we need to talk about it. But if it's not there and it's just people muckraking, then, you know, we've got to call it for what it is. Sure. But, you know, the SIU, which which some will say is the shield of blue, you know, until you get, I think, uh, more independence in that body, you're always going to have this mistrust. Look, G20, as you mentioned earlier, was a big game changer for me. I, I... I saw things that I never thought I'd see in this country involving the police, and I was disgusted by it, and I was very angry about it. And to this day, it changed the way I view policing because I got caught up in things that I thought they should have protected me from, and a lot of us did. Uh, but, you know, so often we see in these decisions, whether it's Andrew Loco, who you just mentioned, uh, who was a, a black man uh, killed, uh, who ended up killed by police. But that was a mental health issue. Uh, but again, the politicians didn't come forward and open up reports. And, and the SIU, uh, I think, inevitably cleared the officers. But again, people look at it as a shield of blue. So if you don't have an independent body looking at it, that mistrust, I think, is going to increase. Yeah, I've seen great improvements since G20. Uh, the blue wall kind of kicked in there. We saw a lot of that happening. Uh, I What I hear from police and from police associations are positive things. I think that they want to reflect the community. I think they do. Uh, they still have a job to do. I mean, that's an important job, and I think that everybody forgets that. Every time we lose an officer, I wrote about the two parking enforcement officers that, that died. Well, they went to work, and then they died. Uh, yeah, one was medical, one was an accident, I guess. But, you know, they do uh, serve the community, and, um, you know, I don't ever forget that. I think that in a lot of ways we do that, too, in the media. I don't know whether I like being called racist and homophobic every day. I've got a four-year-old son here with me now, and, you know, I, I mean, he's learning to read, but, like, the emails uh, that I've received today, have been, I've got death threats and everything else, just for what? for just saying the truth about what's going on. We all care about the community. Uh, i I got to tell you, you know what, uh, when I think of Michelle, Michelle Bob and little uh, Kyrie, you know, again, or I think of the Drake party last year where Ariana was uh, killed in Duval. You know, I don't see a lot of help coming from Black Lives Matter or from people like Drake. I, I don't see anything coming from them. Yeah, you're, so you're referring sure to that shooing that hat. I have white skin, uh, means that I don't care about people of color because I'm still fighting to find out who killed these people and get them off the street. You're, you're referring, of course, to a shooting that happened outside of a fairly large uh, nightclub called Music where a, a young black woman was shot uh, just trying to get, get away from the melee. And, of course, Drake was hosting that party. And, again, you're right, he didn't speak out. He didn't say anything about it. Her murder still, to this day, is unresolved. And, and you're right. We have not heard one word out of Black Lives Matter, and I'm not sure that's where the credibility, there's a lot of credibility issues I have with the group, because if you're not willing to speak up 
against those in your own community, those who uh, get involved with gang, you know, lifestyle. They they get involved in in selling drugs in their community and really put their own communities in danger. Then then you know you're not I'll addressing some of the root does causes. Care about those things, you know, is meritory. So, you know, we're critical of meritory lots of times, but he cares about those things. He goes to the vigils and he works hard on race relations and things like that. So. You know what? They don't have any credibility. Uh, look, they look like nice enough people. I was watching the news conference today, and I think I could probably sit down and have a chat, and we could figure out some common ground. But common ground is the key, Alex. You know that yourself. I mean, you know, we've learned that through through the whole deal. I mean, nobody's completely in charge, and when somebody wants to be, it just doesn't work because everyone's not the same. Do you get the sense that through these uh, latest uh, two shootings, and obviously, you know, social media has just become a whole, um, created a whole new uh, set of challenges. You know, you've got people who are putting video of these kinds of things with absolute no t- context, nothing uh, as far as explanation as to why we we uh, saw uh, two men shot. So, you know, people are always in a rush to judgment. There may be very valid reasons why these men were shot. There may be absolutely no excuse why they were shot, and the police may be in the wrong. But again, yeah. we are in this culture where immediacy is everything, and, and the videos go up, and the racial tensions and the anger uh, across the board uh, goes through the roof. You raise an excellent point there. Uh, that's exactly what it is. Social media has pros and cons to it. Yes, the other thing, too, is the human side of it. I mean, a police officer is a human being. In the two American cases, uh, these recent ones, and I don't know, I'm not going to judge it until we have all the facts and let the experts get in there, but... And the one in front of the store, I mean, they were wrestling with the guy, and the guy had a gun in his pocket, and he had a loose hand. And so, you know, a human being would want to stay alive. So I can sort of understand why the police officers maybe took lethal force. I don't like it. I wish they didn't do it. But I can sort of see if you were the person in that position. And the second one in Minnesota, the guy had a gun in there. So, you know, again, the guy's a human being. He doesn't know. Is he raising the gun? I'm not saying it's right, but... You know, it's not just what they say on social media, that it's a bloodthirsty police officer. You know, you and I go back to Calgary. We both worked out there, and the reason I left Calgary was over this kind of thing when there was a young uh, a mother and her son that were killed on the Indian Reserve there. You recall that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and vaguely. It was the same, same sort of thing. I mean, there's a lot of rush to judgment that the police officer was this bloodthirsty racist. And I got in the middle of that story, and and what I did is I went and talked to the guy. He was a Mountie. And the one key question I asked him, I said, well, what did you do, what were you doing just before this incident? Because five minutes later, you ended up killing a mother and her little boy. It was horrible, and it ruined his life. ruined a lot of people's lives, and they were calling him racist. And he told me he was at his four-year-old son's birthday party, same age as this boy. Got the call, thought he could help went out to, to help us as a woman with a gun. He wasn't a racist. He wasn't a bad man. He made a judgment call. His job was to carry that gun and to you know use discretion. And that's what we have to keep in perspective. The police are out there. If there's a racist police officer, and I'm sure there's been one, but I don't know of any in Toronto. I've never seen any evidence of anything like that. So we'll root that out. But to call them uh, names and to say that it's us and them, or for them to say it's us and them, like what happened in G20. Uh, We've got to stamp that out, because it isn't. It's one us, all of us.
Yeah, and it certainly won't solve anything. Uh, Joe, I know I've interrupted you on your vacation, so I thank you so much, uh, very much for joining us. It's well, been great chatting with you. We pulled to the rest stop, but uh, I hope it came across so all right. And have a good summer, and nice to talk to you. I hope your family's doing well. Nice to hear from you again. For sure. Thanks, Joe. We'll chat again. All the best. That is Joe Warmington, who writes for the Toronto Sun. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next, you know, little while. Uh, It doesn't just affect certain uh, police units. It it will eventually spread across the country. And and I think police eventually are going to get so paranoid about doing their job, mistakes will then be made. So let's see and uh, wait for details to come out before we rush to judgment on either of these cases. And certainly, you know, rush to judgment when it comes to, to things that Black Lives Matter.